I think Joaquin Phoenix does really, really well considering the oh. shoes he's got to fill. I mean, we got Heath Ledger. Is that a clown joke? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It is now. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. This episode, we're talking about Joker, the 2019 multiple award-winning film from writer, director, and producer Todd Phillips whose previous works include Old School, Starsky and Hutch, and The Hangover. Be warned, spoilers ahead. Now, if I'm honest, I don't think this film is as funny as the other films. No, it's and not funny at all. Yeah, in spite of the title, I don't even think there are any jokes in it. Yeah. Well, there is stand-up in it. Mm. The, barely. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I don't mean the, even mean the content. Like, he's obviously terrible. <coughs> even for his terrible stand-up, he's, there, there's not much of it shown in the film. True, I, I know that his that's his side gig that he's trying to do. It's his only gig, isn't it? No, he's a clown. He's a clown. Oh, of course, yeah. At the beginning, sorry, <laughs> I forget. I was trying to be, I was trying to be funny. That also failed. So yeah, yeah. here we go. What did you guys think? I thought it was a good film. I like it. It's dark, but it's good dark. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't live up to the hype of oh, it's going to be so gritty and oh, really? Fantastic. Yeah, it was just a good film. Okay, interesting. I like the the reboot of the Joker's character and the the crossover and the attenuation they make that like they bring it in that he could be Batman's half brother. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's been in the comics for quite a while, so okay. that's a nice like. There's a lot of um, comic book nods in this mm. that they just like they don't harp on. It's just like oh, here's yeah. a little something. If you know if you know the comics, here's a little something for you. If you don't, it's just an extra wrinkle to the story. I don't remember them showing Martha Wayne in the film, but in in some of the comics and I think like the Telltale. Batman uh, game as well. Uh, that, um, yeah, Thomas Thomas Wayne and um, Martha Wayne, like they they're not the nice people they were purported to be. They you know there's a darkness to how they made their money and how they operated. Well, having them assassinate or killed for um, as part of the right as opposed to directly for theft is interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I found it interesting. Speaking of their characters being different, the first time we see Thomas Wayne, who in the comic books and like especially the animated tv show he's like this lovely guy uh, and in the other films he's you know a very caring person about society and in this he's just a dick yeah mm. just a massive dick and then it turns out alfred's a dick too yeah it was like the prevailing theme of this film is everyone's a dick well they make daddy wayne more of a mogul no more yeah. of a hard and hard and fast hard cut like businessman mm. yeah. yeah instead of the you know philanthropist that he is portrayed Maybe that's supposed to come later. So in the comics, he's uh, actually a doctor. Um, uh-huh. And th- so there's Wayne Enterprises or um, the Wayne Foundation, Wayne Tech, or whatever the company happens to be at the time. But he doesn't really get involved that He's much. on the board of directors, but yeah, he, does, but he doesn't need to get that involved. He spends more of his time working the, as a doctor. The Wayne family uh-huh. is very rich going back generations and generations. He was a doctor because he wanted to be, not because he wanted to be and needed the money. Old money. Yeah, it was someone who could have quite happily just coasted on the money. Yeah. yeah. And then in this, he's working to be the mayor. And yes, that's right. There is a political ambition as well. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. an absolute, absolute dick bag. I think Joaquin Phoenix does really, really well considering the oh. shoes he's got to fill. I mean, we've got Heath Ledger. Is that a clown joke? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It is now. <laughs> and they were big. <laughs> yeah, he won an Oscar, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and BAFTA as well. When this film first came out, I had absolutely no interest in it. Okay. It just, it didn't appeal to me. 
I think because it was outside of like film continuity. Yes. When it comes to comic books or um, episodes of TV shows, and they have like an Elseworld theme where like this is a you know like a different reality. I'm into it, but for whatever reason, I think well, for whatever reason, I think Catwoman and Steel and like the other non-interconnected DC films that mm. were just horrible. So bad. They've just it just put me off. The idea of a non-connected... Not that the connected ones are fantastic. Wouldn't you love it if they had... Um, uh, if they started... A, ba- a Batman or a Spider-Man, something good. like, And they got <laughs> they got a young enough actor and they it was someone who absolutely was committed, uh, you know, straight off the bat. You know, someone who's a fan themselves and someone who's like, I will definitely do eight movies. And then you would have, you know... You, you would be able to tell a huge range of stories rather than just get a couple of films and then re- reboot it yeah. a, couple of years in, a couple of years later and reboot it and reboot it and reboot it. What if you had someone who was just so committed to just knocking out a whole bunch of ones that would just get better and better and better? I would love to see DC do the same thing that Marvel did with the, their cinematic universe, which mm, is yeah. something that they were... Trying some people at Warner Brothers wanted to do and other people at Warner Brothers just wanted to jump in with the Superman v. Batman thing. And so... so it wasn't a good it's, film. It's, yeah, it's Nor Monroe. Justice League. They were okay. They were just a thing to They watch. were fine. Um, but it was just a... I think they were rushing into it compared to Marvel. Marvel exactly. would, took their time Spread and now they've out. got... You can watch almost any of those films individually. True. And you don't have to have seen anything else and it's it works. But so with this, yeah, I had no interest in watching it. And then... You so hadn't seen it then? I hadn't seen it, no. Oh, okay. Um, it was my first viewing this week. Uh, and I, like I sat down and I was just blown away. The cinematography it's is really amazing. Well. The who, acting's who, incredible. It is? Yeah. Um, and just the story. I thought I was so impressed. And for quite a, a lot of it, I thought this doesn't need to be... Like you could make this film independently of it being a like DC film. Like you could be this, any character. This didn't need to be the Joker. But then, as it went on and it got towards the end and expanded, it mm-hmm. made sense why it why it is a Joker film. Yeah, and I loved it. Now it didn't say it. It made no allusion to what year it was. So the film that the Waynes come out from, Zorro and the Gay Sword. Zorro and the Gay. Oh, I sorry. Didn't get Zorro, that deep. Zorro and the Gay Blade, um, which is it's a tongue-in-cheek sequel to the 1940s film Mark of Zorro, which mm. is the film that they've traditionally just seen before they get murdered. Uh, yeah. And I think the um, Zorro and the Gay Blade came out in '81. Okay, so it was the only okay. Batman Begins where they go to the opera or the you know they go to the theater uh, rather I, than a movie theater. I it it's not like it changes from. Incarnation, incarnation. So I don't think they've. I don't think you know what film they're coming out from in the '89 film mm. um, from memory. Um, Isn't that the opera one though? No, no, that the, is a film. Okay, Batman that's Begins a film, course. and then, and then Batman Begins is the opera. Okay, yeah. um, which really kind of makes more sense in that they have Bruce be afraid of the bats, and he's the reason they leave. So it makes his guilt is more realistic than yeah. just a kid who couldn't stop a mugging. Because the family took a random shortcut. Yeah, yeah. The set design, the just the, oh. the, the cars, the, pro, uh, the the televisions, everything. It was just in, incredible. So good. So much the subway work the put into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The step scene. How wicked is? Although step to be scene? fair, I think a lot of the subway is probably 
still Trains look like still that. Still look like that. <laughs> yep. I think it was quite easy to do. Mm. <laughs> New yeah. York becomes well, Gotham. Do, do you think the film treated mental illness in a disrespectful way? In a respectful way? Do you think it hand, handled? I thought it really brought it into the forefront of that it's a major problem and that it's under resourced and people yes. need and should have access to better healthcare. And in countries not unlike Australia and America, they don't. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you could say at times it does kind of make it into. Not a joke, but it kind of goes, oh, well, we can't help them anyway. Mm. Like if you if you have a mental illness, well, that's your problem. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it I think it brings it into like because it swaps out. It starts this already with Heath Ledger's Joker, but it sort of takes the chemical bat that made the Joker and makes it society that makes the Joker. Mm. You know, it's the stresses and it's mental health as opposed to a formative yeah. event. Yeah, rather than I mean that that's all very cartoony and fine. You know, falling into a bat at Ace Chemicals, but yeah, I do I do much like it. It's someone. Like Heath Ledger's Joker, who's scarred himself, and and sort of like Joaquin's, you know, that they both put makeup on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I think mental illness is the fall guy. Like, is the you know the reason for a lot of what uh, in films and TV. You know, like, oh, this person's evil or bad or yeah. the antagonist because they've got mental illness, and it gets blown out of proportion a lot as well mm-hmm. especially with psychopaths and sociopaths yeah um, misused and overused yeah yeah but in this case i don't know it didn't feel like a cheap crutch it felt i don't know if it was but it felt a little bit researched it felt a little bit real like yeah. especially with someone that's that heavily medicated then coming off their meds um so like and you've got like bipolar and the hallucination um, scenes making you second guess yourself like yeah. you know, like well, someone would how much of the film actually happened because mm. even so when he was uh, did he kill the lady at the end well, yeah. yeah when we found out that he wasn't dating the girl Sazi which thinks. I thought was sus to begin with it was really weird it, it, it escalates really quickly and like oh wow that's that's a quick relationship yeah and where's <laughs> the kid like mm-hmm. she's just she's out and about and she's just turned up at your doorstep and she's totally fine with him following her like so already I was like, oh, that's sus. But then as it went on, I was like, oh, what else isn't happening? Yep. Mm. What else is happening? I, Which I thought was a great, great tool it's of the really film. Really well done. Which harkens to uh, Taxi, Taxi Driver, <laughs> yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, that whole Travis Bickle thing. What Even did he do? What didn't he do? Like American Psycho Yeah, also, well. yeah, American Psycho. Yeah. Who did and what? It's a good insight, I think, into, again, not to belittle it or, you know, I don't fully understand it, but I think it gives you a good perspective of someone that is suffering from, say, bipolar or schizophrenia. They don't necessarily understand what's happening or what's true. And that only, you know, convolutes the issue more. Mm. I felt a lot of sympathy and empathy and terror. (laughs) Yeah. For the the guy that was murdering people. Yeah. It was, it's just, I think it's a really well-made film. Yeah. And such a great performance. From Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, amazing! Really, really well done. And like, yeah, clown jokes aside, they were big shoes to fill, and I think he did amazingly. Yeah. Okay, he kills the three um, yuppies. Yeah. yeah. But they were kicking the shit out of him first. They were. Yeah. And America's two. A very. I don't know. It's. I don't think New York is a stand your ground sort of state, but. I don't know if you're if you're yeah. overpowered by three guys and you shoot them, you're that much of a bad guy. You could argue without equal and opposite force that the two he killed on the train were self-defense. The third guy oh, is murder. Chased up yeah, him. we yeah very specifically chased him down. Yeah. and gunned him down. In but the then back. the fact that there are no witnesses, although they do report on it later because it becomes the whole build-up for the scene with uh, Robert De Niro's character mm. in the interview, but it almost could be something that didn't happen as well. No, there are no witnesses. There's the woman. So there's the woman on the train that sees him in his clown makeup. Yeah. So that's where. But she leaves. 
She leaves. She doesn't see the actual murder, but as the only other four people on the train, and you know, it makes sense that one of them committed murder, mm. and it's the one that's not there anymore. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of the scene in the apartment with his two ex-workmates? The end of that scene, like how tense is that? Where he, the guy that's always been nice to him at work, yeah. and he lets him go. He's like, oh, "I'm not going to hurt you because you're a champ." Yeah. And then he can't open the door. That's terrifying. I was like, that actually might be the through, one thing just... that was kind of funny, and I don't mean that in a in a mean way to. Um, uh, little people but um, that was terrifying and kind of amusing at the same time yes yeah. I wanted him to try and push through the, the opening or climb up on the thing that was to the like the little table use that yeah because I was like he if turns. he gets up he's going to realise that you're a witness and he's that's it but then he gives him a little kiss on the forehead that's so mental was, oh, yeah so that's what I'm saying amazing scene absolutely terrifying <laughs> you're like he's going to hurt the nice guy he's going to hurt yeah. the nice guy yeah, and he literally has to turn and go, can you help me, Arthur? <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, scared the shit out of him. But it builds the intensity, though. Yeah. And it's great. And again, it shows, I think, again, without disparaging people who have mental health issues, it does show the volatility of a scenario like that or someone who is off their meds or someone who is not getting the, the right sort of medical care and how, how volatile situation can escalate yeah. from murdering one person not that anyone like not that that's a precursor to it but then the other person he literally kisses on the forehead and goes cool have a nice day yeah <laughs> oh, shit so he was on medication initially and then he I'm, I'm trying can't to afford remember, it but I know I only watched it last so time. the city cuts funding to the social program that he's mm-hmm. a part of and he, he asked the the social worker yeah. he's like well how am I going to get my medication then she's um, like, and she's like well they don't care about me they don't care about you yeah, they're just, but it's you know, it's what's what the bottom line is. Yeah, so and that ties into obviously you know Daddy Wayne being elected for mayor and him not caring, even though perhaps you know in you know comic book law he's a doctor or whatever. Yeah, and not caring about the the social infrastructure of the city. Yeah, yeah. but well, you see it in um, American politics, especially with billionaires running for office, being yeah. elected, and then no other healthcare, other billionaires. Thinking that they're the solution. Well, if one billionaire is, you know, fees on that side and I'm on this side, clearly I'm the guy. Yeah, I can fix it. Yeah, yeah. cool. Just like all the other billionaires. Yeah. Thanks, billionaires. <laughs> um, the the cool bit there, I think, with the yeah the lack of health funding and stuff, and I don't care. And then it ends with the obviously ends up in Arkham Asylum, which again is something that's probably under resourced as part of this. Mm. And then you assume that he does. People keep breaking out. Yeah, people (laughs) all the time. They should take the turnstile out. (laughs) Yeah, I like to think he—that is him breaking out at the end. I feel like stylized, you know, like you know, showing us his stylized and the bloody view of of him uh, breaking out. So it's not exactly like that. It would look gritty and awful, but I think he's still broken out. And the like the bloody footprints. Yeah, he's definitely hurt her or killed her. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the Joker has ever been funny, except Heath Ledger's Joker. Hmm. Well, he's not he's not meant to be funny. He's a he's, well, he's the opposite of Batman. He's an anti-hero. Yeah. yeah well, not, I wouldn't say he's an anti-hero. Well, in this film, they kind of make him an anti-hero, no? Yeah, I guess. Um, not that you're really cheering for him. But for someone initially, though, Joker, yeah, he's n- never even funny. Kind of like God. That's vi- you know, he was so vicious. You know, but he was really funny whilst he was doing it. It's just... Well, I don't think it's literal. Like, the penguin's not a literal penguin. <laughs> Except is he? in... Is he? No, he's not. Uh, he Catwoman's not, not an actual 
cat woman. Yeah. Or or she doesn't go around with cats strapped to her. <laughs> <laughs> that could be good. Duct taped cats. No that's, one could touch you. That's what would have made the Halle Berry Catwoman film actually good. The name. Okay, I'll have a superhero character called the the gentleman who's just covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's just you normally on the weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grease me up. That's why we that's why we didn't record this yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, because we everyone had it. plans because we know I'm Steve's, very clean now. Steve's bath night is Sunday night. <laughs> Every second Sunday. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Brendan. I'm Dan. I'm Stephen. Bye. Max. Laters.